Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Nightly. That's right, we're going right into the music tonight. It's a busy week at work, and these episodes are going to be recorded in the evenings right after the game has ended. Speaking of the game, the final from Comerica Ballpark in Detroit. It's your Cleveland Indians 4, the Detroit Tigers 1. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And this was a pretty easy game for the Cleveland Indians. I'm, I mean, it was it was pretty easy cruising through the whole thing. Uh, until the ninth inning, things didn't really get exciting for Detroit Tigers fans. And these are the kind of games we, we kind of need right now, right? Like, it's okay to rack up a few games like this where we just cruise to a victory and Aaron Savali, even though he's getting ridiculously hard hit, he's still cruising out there and uh, shutting him down, almost gets the complete game, gets into the ninth inning, lets the first two hitters on. Francona's forced to take him out, bring in Karinchek, who eventually gets out of the ninth inning, you know, not before loading the bases and bringing up the game-winning run, but... I mean, that's the, that's the beautiful thing about baseball, right? Like, you could be just cruising along for eight innings. And then all of a sudden, in the ninth inning, you realize the winning run is up to the plate. One swing of the bat, and everything you've done for the last three hours could be all out the window. Luckily, it wasn't. Luckily, Karinchek gets the save, and the Indians get out of it. Uh, let's get into the game and the storylines. And then when that's done, because there's not much to talk about there, to be honest... We're going to get into the pitching situation and talk about what the possibilities are for the future here, at least for the the immediate future, right? Uh, So Savali is the big storyline from this game. Like I said, almost gets the complete game. His final line, eight innings pitched, six hits, one earned run, one walk, six strikeouts, and on 104 pitches. Now, on the other side of that, he gave up 11 Hard hit balls yesterday, 95 plus mile per hour exit velocity, 90, uh, 11 95 mile per hour plus hard hit balls. And going over to the Illustrator and looking at the results tab, it's pretty obvious to see why everything that was hit, everything that was a strikeout, everything that was a walk, everything that was a hit and out, it's all in the middle of the plate, it's all in the strike zone. He wasn't really working the edges tonight. He kind of left a lot of pitches in the zone, and he was throwing everything. Believe me. We'll go over to the player breakdown, and you'll see he threw the cutter, the four-seamer, the slider, curveball, sinker, splitter in that order, Um, the cutter being the most he threw. And his CSW on the day isn't terrible, 28%, so he was getting some strikes, was getting some whiffs there. Uh, His best pitch, as far as that's concerned, is the slider, but he only threw it 13 times. But yeah, everything is right on the plate. So no wonder Aaron Savali was getting hit hard. uh, At at some point, you can't even complain about that, right? Because he's not walking, guys. He's challenging them. Challenging them with an insane mix of pitches that all come at different angles and speeds and spins and breaks. And it was working tonight. I mean, his bat bip is pretty easy to figure out here. They put 24 balls in play against him. Six went for hits. That's a you know 25%, a 250 bat bip against him tonight. Batting average balls in play. 
So uh, that's that's fair. That's a decent uh, you know number for a starting pitcher, two fifty. So yeah, so he was really limiting the damage. In fact, I mean, he doesn't let a guy even get to second base until Badu hits his triple in the seventh inning with two outs in the seventh inning. So seven and two-thirds down, Badu triples off him. That's the first runner that he let get to second base or beyond. Now, someone in the sixth inning did advance. Uh, Harold Castro advanced to second base. That was on a pass ball by Austin Hedges. So I'm not blaming Aaron Savali for that one. So the first runner to get to second base off of Savali was Badu's triple. So yeah, so Savali was really, really making it work out there by just attacking the strike zone. And uh, we've seen what walks can do to other starting pitchers. So it was good to see a guy attack the strike zone like that and have success, uh, hard hit success. In fact, if you go over to the exit velocity here, you look at the exit velocity against Savali. Of the 11 credited hard hit balls, only four of them went for hits. You've got line out, triple, single. All right, Badu's triple. Miguel Cabrera hit a single at 102.8 miles per hour. Uh, Nomar Mazzara lined out at 109.8. Then you've got fly out, ground out, the single from Harold Castro. Line out, fly out, line out, ground out, and finally the sing- another single from Harold Castro. Harold Castro had a lot of these. Uh, he had four of the 11 hard hit balls yesterday, two going for hits yesterday. Well, yeah, you're listening to this the next day, so it's yesterday for you. Um, so, yeah, so only four of 11 hard hit balls go for hits, and that's that's pretty impressive. Some of these had pretty high expected batting averages. Um, Nomar Mazzara's lineout, the hardest hit ball from a Tigers hitter all day, had an expected batting average of 700, and it goes for an out. Uh, Robbie Grossman's flyout had an expected batting average of 470. Jake Rogers' ground out at 102.4 miles per hour in the third inning, that had an expected batting average of 840, and it still went for an out. So, was Savali getting a little bit lucky yesterday? Absolutely he was. But was he at least being aggressive and challenging hitters? Absolutely he was. And that's what we want to see from our starting pitching. On the offensive side of things, they had their work cut out with Scooble. Uh, They were able to get to him. They got six hits off him. In fact, six hits on 12 balls put in play. So their bat bip against Scooble was 500. So a little bit of bad luck going against Scooble here. Now, he gives up two runs. He gives up the leadoff home run to Cesar Hernandez. And then eventually, after an Eddie Rosario single and a Harold Ramirez double, starts an inning with runners on second and third. Owen Miller is able to ground out to an infielder and bring in his first RBI of his major league career. Another first for Owen Miller. So, yeah, that's what Scooble gave up. And he ends up striking out nine on five innings pitched. So if he could have gone deeper in the game, who knows? But the Indians are able to blow it open against Funkhauser when Jordan Luplo on a 2-2 count doesn't do too much with a pitch. It was a breaking ball, and Jordan Luplo takes it into left center field, a deep part of that Detroit park for a home run, and that really blew the game open. Like 2-0 actually felt pretty comfortable the way Savali was pitching. But 4-0 felt great. 
And yeah, it was important, especially when they load the bases in that ninth inning. By the way, I called it on Owen Miller. I told you that Owen Miller was going to give a lot of different players a chance to DH. And tonight it was Cesar Hernandez who was DHing as Owen Miller played second base. So where's Owen Miller going to show up tomorrow night? Could he show up at shortstop? Could he show up at first base? Who's pitching tomorrow night for Detroit? It's Urania. And uh, Urania is a right-handed pitcher. So Owen Miller will be comfortable in there. Uh, against that left-handed, against that right-handed pitcher, and so yeah, will he play first base? You know, will he get the chance at first base? And maybe Jake Bowers DHs or something like that. So we'll see where Owen Miller pops up tomorrow. Because my guess is he'll be in the lineup. It, it hasn't clicked fully for Owen Miller yet. He was technically 0 for 4 tonight with that RBI. He did have two more strikeouts, but. We've talked about it so many times on this show, so many times. If you can get a runner to third base with less than two outs, there are so many ways for him to score. And Owen Miller is the perfect example of this. Doesn't do too much. He was up in the count, 2 nothing. He gets a fastball. Yeah, he probably should have drove it somewhere, but he hits it hard at the shortstop, and they were playing back, and it allows Eddie Rosario to sprint home from third. When you're on third with less than two outs, there are so many ways to score. How many times have we seen strikeouts, right? Right? When Ahmed Rosario had that triple with nobody out, and he was standing on third base a few days ago, and they couldn't bring him in to score. There are so many ways to score from third base. Owen Miller, the rookie, getting it done. So, I mean, these were the big storylines from the game, and uh, it was a pretty simple, straightforward game. And uh, I got to give MVP for the day, though, to Aaron Savali. I mean, he gets into the ninth inning, eight innings pitched, really controlled the game. Really, really controlled the game here. And it wasn't a dominant performance, but, I mean, like I said, he's racking up the wins. And those wins look impressive when it's time to start filling out all-star ballots. So, I mean, right now, Aaron Savali might be... He might be battling Shane Bieber for the best pitcher on the Indians right now, the best starter on the Indians. Now, that will take us into our second part of this podcast, which is the conversation about we are running out of starters on the Cleveland Indians. Now, I do not think it is as dire as Indians Twitter seems to think it is. I do not think it's as dire as the Indians broadcast team seems to think it is. Uh, I went for a run tonight, and I got to listen to uh, Hamilton and Rosie calling most of the game as I was out on my run, and they spent at least two, three innings stressing about the uh, the state of Indian starting pitching. I can't tell you what happened in the second and third and fourth innings of this game. I was barely getting any of it from them. All they were talking about was how difficult it is to lose this much starting pitching in May. And yes, it has not gone to plan for the Cleveland Indians, right? Quantrill is stuck out in the bullpen. Logan Allen is doing really bad down in AAA. I mean, he has completely lost it. And three starts in AAA, he's given up 19 runs, 19 earned runs in 11 and two-thirds innings. He's got a 14.66 ERA. That's not strikeouts per nine or hits per nine. That's ER earned run average. 14.66 ERA 
It's a 240 whip. It's a 404 batting average against. I mean, my God, what happened to Logan Allen? He looked sharp. He looked in command and control coming out of spring training. And it has fallen completely apart on him. Uh, so, yeah, so that didn't go to plan. Uh, Tristan McKenzie needed to go down to AAA, didn't go to plan. Um, you know, Sam Henches, we'll see. Uh, was he really the guy that they thought was going to be the first one up in the starting rotation? Probably not. They probably thought he would be up eventually, but probably not. So, yeah, so things are not going to plan as far as starting pitching goes. But, but, this guy isn't falling yet. Don't forget that we have three starting pitchers in our bullpen right now. And that's the thing that Hamilton and Rosie seemed to forget as they were stressing throughout three innings. We have three starting pitchers sitting there in the bullpen. One of them starting games, and that being Mejia, Mejia, starting games within a week or two ago, right? A week and a half ago, he was starting games in Columbus. So I doubt that he really needs much time to get stretched back out. Now, with that being said, the game tomorrow where we need a starter, Bieber is not pitching until the day game on Thursday. Uh, They are recalling Tristan McKenzie for one game and then sending him back down. And I believe this would fill Plesak's spot uh, on the 26-man roster. So McKenzie will come up. He will start. We'll see how long he goes. We'll see how, I mean, they could have a one time through the lineup. It could be that kind of thing. And then he's out of there. Three innings, maybe into the fourth inning, and he's gone. And then we'll see if Maiden and Quantrill and... uh, But anyways... So, yeah, so McKenzie's going to take that spot, but it could have been Mejia. Quantrill could get stretched out. And don't forget, Trevor Steffen was a starting pitcher when we got him from the Yankees in the Rule 5 draft. And now he he seems to profile better in the bullpen, but there is a chance they could try to stretch him out and see if they can get five innings out of him. So there are a lot of options here. He could also be an opener. Steffen can, can absolutely work as an opener. So I would expect, especially with that double header coming up, that we're going to get some kind of bullpen game eventually. We still have to finish this series with Detroit and then do a series against the Toronto Blue Jays before we get to that double header and the White Sox. Then we have a couple of off days. So those will help in early June, but it's still a long way till June. I hope it's a long way till June. I'm not rushing through the summer at all. I'm taking my time. I just told my buddy, I was like, dude, we're going to blink and we're going to be talking about the first Browns game. That's how fast these seasons fly by. And uh, I'm in no hurry to rush through this summer. I want to enjoy every minute of it. So what do we have going on in AAA right now that we could possibly call up besides Tristan McKenzie and Logan Allen? I believe Scott Moss, who is the other player we got in the Trevor Bauer trade, I think he is dealing with with a little bit of an injury. He's made three starts down there, but I thought I remember them saying that he was dealing with something. Uh, you have Eli Morgan, who's made three starts, done okay. He's 0-1 with a 3.95 ERA. The guy who's really doing it at AAA right now is Kirk McCarty. And you're like, who is Kirk McCarty? Well, I thought the same thing. I had to look him up. He uh, apparently was our seventh-round draft pick in the 2017 draft. 
Uh, he's not a intimidating pitcher on that. He's no Sam Henches. Let's put it that way. He's 5'8", 185 pounds. He's a 25-year-old lefty. He's never had a huge success in the minor leagues. Uh, in 2019 in Lynchburg and high A, he was 3-7 and seven with a 5.66 ERA. Uh, in 2018 split between two teams, he was 5-11 and 11 with a 4.06 ERA. So... He's been a starter in our system, but I mean, it's pretty clear why you haven't really heard of him. Uh, he's not really doing anything to, you know, really light up the numbers here. So uh, he's got 268 strikeouts in his major league career compared to 69 walks. So there's something at least, you know, you could point at uh, seems to be a pretty good strikeout picture. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, let's see, K's per nine uh, in 2017, it was 8.74, 9.9 in 2018. 2019, he was at 9.7 K's per nine. He's only at 5.32, so he's getting it done in different ways this season, uh, but he keeps the walks down. Uh, the walks are only at 1.9 per nine innings so far this year. So yeah, so Kirk McCarty is absolutely uh, a name you could see getting a start sometime in June. We're going to need starters. We're going to need someone to step up. It could be someone from our bullpen who gets stretched out. It could be someone like Kirk McCarty coming up from AAA, getting a spot start, seeing what he's got, getting a taste of the major leagues. So, yeah, so uh, Mandy Bell's the one that reported that Tristan McKenzie was going to get that spot start tomorrow. And it is. It's a, it's a spot start, and he's going right back down. He hasn't even pitched yet. For the Clippers, he hasn't even pitched a AAA game yet. So whatever work he's been doing down there has been with the coaching staff, has been on the side. He hasn't even gotten into a game to try any of this stuff out. So we'll see if there's any difference in McKenzie. I doubt we'll be able to pick up on anything after, what, it's been like three or four days that he's been down there? So yeah, so there are tons of question marks, but there are also tons of options out there. We are going to get into trade season eventually, but it's probably still early for that. You know, are there candidates out there for outfield help, for pitching help? Uh, Are the Indians buyers or sellers? Those are all conversations that are at least a month away. Let's just focus on our minor league guys right now, and there are a lot of guys there ready for an opportunity. So they're going to get it, just like... Just like when the DH went out and I said it created opportunity for other players, we're seeing it already. And uh, when you lose a starting pitcher, it creates opportunity for other players. So yeah, so we will see what decisions the Indians make moving forward. Obviously, it's a big thing that all Indians fans are going to be talking about until we find out when Plesak comes back. And by the way, the way he hurt himself aggressively taking his shirt off and then slamming his thumb on a chair and breaking his thumb. There are a lot of dumb injuries throughout the history of professional sports, right? There's guys that have like slipped in the shower and obviously Trevor Bauer will hold, you know, always hold that record with the drone injury uh, for, you know, possible, possibly the dumbest injury in baseball. This one's up there. Um, Now people, you can hurt yourself. Believe me. Come on. We all know. We all we've all hurt ourselves in dumb ways, and uh, it happens. Come on, you know you've gotten home from work and you just have to get that collared shirt off. You've aggressively taken your work shirt off before. I know you have. Don't lie to me. I know you have. And uh, yeah, 
It was just a dumb thing that happened to police sex. So if, if the story is to believe, right? This is coming from Terry Francona. So if the story is to believe, be believed. All right, that's all my thoughts. And normally the show is Cleveland Baseball Mornings, but because it's a crazy work week, thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Nightly. Again, the final from Detroit. It's the Indians 4, the Tigers 1. By the way, the Indians are on a nice little win streak here, two-game win streak. We'll see if we can win this series. we got two more shots to win this series now over the Tigers. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash clevelandbaseballmornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play that back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Nightly.